This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. A few years ago, I, I of course, graduated from high school. <laughs> Don't laugh. And uh, I had planned, following graduation, to do something that, um, with three other guys, I'm not sure actually what we would have survived it had we, had we completed it, but I headed off into the mountains for a very, very, very long trek along the Pacific Crest Trail. And after about 10 days, I sensed in that, that deep, deep way, God, God speaking to me. Have you ever had that? And here I am, in, and, and it, was, it was along the line of this, like, you're here in the mountains, I have called you to do something else, but you are here. So I was so convicted, I, I actually left um, those three guys and left the trail, came home, told my mom, and I said, I need, I need to follow through, I need to go off to college. I went to college um, in order to prepare for what I believe that Jesus had called me to do. And it's in college where I, I never expected to meet my life mate. Because you don't go to college, you get married, right? So I went to college, and it was just in a few short months, I, my eyes landed on the most beautiful woman that I've ever seen. Of course, it was my role to protect her from all the other guys that were after her, right? Now, if you're wondering, did you, I get permission to, to share this story from Jen? The answer is no, and she's sitting right down here, so is it okay? All right, okay. <laughs> So um, anyway, uh, my job was to protect her from all these other guys that seemed to want to draw her um, their, their way. And we began, we began dating, you know. And I had, the, I had a, the type of job where she could actually go with me to work. And so we did that. I don't know how many times that Jen was with me when, we, when I was on the job. But she was, and I think it was there, that I asked her a question. And it was this. Do you think you could be married to a pastor? And... Uh, I had sensed that that's what God was calling me to do. And she said, yes. And she said, yes, however, not exactly knowing what this journey might look like. Now, for those of you who are married, you can relate to this story in, in, in your own way, right? She said, yes, um, not really knowing. So um, uh, I ended up a uh, gap between uh, ministry years and secular work and landed in a job um, that offered a good pay, security, and so on. And then that time came when it, um, we felt that God says, this is the time, now is the time. And so that yes, um, back in college, turned out to be a yes a few years later when we had two kids, had a job that was, that was a good job, and Jen saying goodbye to her family and, and uh, moving after a few years and um, leaving the security of a job because like, what's food in house, right? And, um, um, and following, following the Lord. That, that's the story of many, many people here today. Um, really, you said yes to the Lord and it meant that you would follow him regardless it's what I want to talk about today as we kind of dive into a little bit more of the story uh, uh, from Genesis and what I'm just calling becoming, becoming yes, becoming yes. And, uh, but becoming yes in a very, very particular way, not, not necessarily, it's not a marriage talk this morning. It's not a relationship talk except for the relationship between us, us and the Lord because what I want to talk about is becoming yes 
Lord. That's what we're going to talk about. What's it look like to say, yes, Lord, becoming yes? Let me, let me kind of back up for those of you who might be new or just joining us online for the, for the first time and just kind of give a little, little review of, of where we've been um, in this series called Start Here. So we've talked about the creation of the universe. So Sarah Boyd was here on that Sunday. She launched the series. Then we talked about the creation of man, that you are created in God's image. That's a good thing. That's a good time to say yes, yes. That's a good thing. And we talked about how often we live with the idea of what other people think about us rather than what God thinks about us. You are created in God's image. You carry God's image. Your worth and your value is in who he says you are. Amen. I listened to a story this past week that was, that was just excellent. So I'll just share it with you. Share it with you. This guy, um, he's in Beverly Hills. And he goes into a store to buy a t-shirt. Now, I've been in Beverly Hills, and if you're going to buy a t-shirt, you probably don't want to buy one in Beverly Hills. But he says he goes in there, and he goes to a t-shirt rack, and he picks up a a t-shirt, and it was $640. (laughs) And it was on the sale rack. So he thinks, like, what does this t-shirt have in it? Like, is it gold shred? What makes it so valuable? $640. So he says, I kind of let my pride down. And so I went up to the guy and said, dude, what's, what's, what's the deal with the t-shirt? What's it made out of? $640. He goes, well, it's, it's cotton with a little bit of polyester. And he goes, what? $640. Why is it so valuable? And he said, it's because of the designer. You get the connection? It's because of the designer. See, your value and your worth is because of the one who created you, the one who designed you, who made you, not what other people think. And so we we talked quite a bit about that. Then we talked about the fall or where this image was, was marred. And then last week talked a little bit about the flood and the Tower of Babel and the sins a, a, a babble, what God calls us to this life, life of o- o- obedience. So this morning, I want to talk about yes, Lord, becoming yes, Lord. And this guy that you know well, his name is Abraham, or Abram, as we'll start off in just a moment. Now, his name was changed in, by God in Genesis chapter 17. He was the 10th generation descendant of Shem, Noah's son. We talked about Noah's descendants last week. And so we first find Abram in Genesis chapter 11, living in Ur of the Chaldeans in modern-day Iraq today, southeast of Baghdad on the Euphrates River. Genesis 12 tells us that Abram's father, Terah, led the family toward the land of Canaan, but Terah, he died along the way. And so the family settled there. And we talked about what settled means a little bit last week, like you find your place, right? And this is where I'm going to settle down. And so for some of us, you know, we have settled down in your home, like, and your plan is to be there for a long, long time. So settled means we just kind of find our place. And this is where you breathe, and this is really going to be good. So Abram, Abraham, to be Abraham, Abram settled there. Now, was he living the good life? Well, what we will read Um, came at a time when his life was described this way. He was middle-aged, whatever middle-aged is, like none of you, okay, Um, because that's too out there. All right. He was middle-aged, prosperous, and settled. In in other words, like his life's going pretty, pretty well, right? 
Um, and humanly speaking, um, we might say, that, this is what I, this is why I live for, this is what I have planned for, just leave me alone, um, I'm good. Now, let me set the context of what we're about to read in just a moment and talk about becoming, yes, it's been more than 300 years since Noah's flood, what we talked about last week, and the last recorded word from, from the Lord. And what may have been what seemed like a long streak um, of silence, the following passage that we're going to read is this tremendous reminder that God never forgets his people. And what do we read? He comes to Abram and he says this, God breaks into the silence. God breaks into the middle-aged, prosperous, settled life, going well guy. He says, I, ha I haven't for forgotten. And what I'm going to read to you, I will, just, I will just call this. This is a request for yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Here it is, Genesis chapter 12 coming up on the screen. Verses one through three. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will, shall be blessed. Can you just imagine what Abram felt like in that moment? Here I am. God breaks into the silence. And he says, this is what I want you to do. Will you just say yes? I want you to leave your country. So say yes. I, I want you to leave your family. And, and I want you to leave your security. And to that, God says, like, would you just say yes to that? Now just think about it. Like, we've talked about it. Like, it's so easy to read these words, right? Leave your country leave your family, and leave your security, and then jump ahead and see all that's going on, but just think about it in the moment for Abram. And maybe in our words, we might say like, Abram, you know that bug out bag that you have? Like, grab it, because guess what? We are bugging out, <laughs> right? Um, Abram, get up, pack up, and get up. I want you to leave everything behind, and that includes, are you ready, culture? Language, relatives, security, everything that you have known to something that you don't know. Let's just sit, sit, sit on that for just a moment. I want you to leave everything that has become familiar to you, everything that you find security in, everything that you enjoy in life, I want you to leave that and I want you to answer this question right here. Is it a yes or is it a no? Is it a yes or is it a no? I'm going to talk about becoming yes, Lord, today for, for, for all of us. Is at the end I'm going to ask is what is God calling you to say yes to that we may be somewhere in the middle here? Maybe it's no, not yet, Lord. Well, maybe a yes. What is he saying to you? Put yourself in the place of Abram for just a moment. It begs the question, how many of us would leave everything we know to go to a place that we don't know simply because God told us to? Try to imagine God saying that to you today. Like, I want you to sell everything that you have. I want you to say, to say goodbye to all your friends. I want you to say goodbye to all of your relatives and just trust me to lead you someplace that I'll show you later. It's a yes 
or it's a no. Or, or maybe, maybe it looks like this. I want you to say yes to me regardless of the persecution that you might face. I want you to say yes regardless of the friends you may or may not keep. I want you to be a yes guy. It's interesting, on my team, I am, I'm blessed with, honestly, the greatest team um, that, that I think a guy, guy could have. And just this past week, or maybe it was last week, I said, you know what? What I don't ever want to be surrounded by is a bunch of yes people, because they just don't serve well. If you just, everyone's yes, 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 yes. But that is different than what we're talking about right now. Because I'm talking to us about, like, I want to be that yes, Lord guy. And I want you to be that yes, Lord person. What is he saying to you? What is he calling you to in this area of yes, Lord? So let's dive into Abram. Let's talk about the promise here just a moment that we just read. God makes a promise or a covenant with Abram. It, it deals with a land, Canaan now called Israel, a seed that many nations were to descend from Abram and his name would be made great. And it deals with a blessing or I will bless you and I will make your name great. You will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God made this threefold promise, and he is trustworthy in all he says. Yes, he will keep his promise, and he repeated to Abraham numerous times. For example, let me read Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him, and guess what he said? Yeah, I am the Lord Almighty, walk before me and be blameless that I may make a covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. And Abram fell on his face and God said to him, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but now you're gonna be called Abraham. For I've made you the father of multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into, into nations, and kings shall come to you. And I will establish my covenant between me and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God called it an eternal and everlasting promise. It's still in, a, in effect today. We can go to the New Testament and connect all of this. And the author of Hebrews chapter 11 says this, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And now listen to this. This is how Hebrews captures this, what we just read. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So he left this place, had no idea. It was a yes, Lord, I have no clue where you're leading me. He went out not even knowing where he was going, but by faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to a city that has a foundation, ready, whose designer and builder is God. We just talked about God being the designer of mankind. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. I mean, she said yes. Therefore, for one man and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the immutable grains of sand by the seashore. Abraham said, yes, Lord. 
because Abram said yes and because Sarah said yes. Think of it this way. So a resource that I go to, Got Questions, says it this way. The gospel didn't start with the life and death of Jesus, but goes all the way back to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God made a promise that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. Theologians believe this is the first mention of the gospel of the Bible. That's why it's called the first gospel. The calling of Abraham was just another piece in the story of redemption. Paul tells us that the gospel was preached beforehand to Abraham when God told him, all nations will be blessed through you. Because Abraham said yes, because Sarah said yes. I love how John Piper uh, brings you and me into this story. He says, who then are the heirs of the precious and very great promises made to Abraham and to his seed? You are, I am, mankind is. To whom can it be said, your sins are forgiven? God is for you with all his power and goodness and mercy, and he will pursue, pursue you all of life. All because Abraham said yes. Sarah said yes. But there was a problem. With no children, Abraham and Sarah faced a challenge. Right? I mean, obviously, God... God promised them that they'd be the parents of a multitude of nations, but they didn't have any offspring. And they were beyond the age of childbearing. You may know the story in Genesis chapter 17 and, and 18. God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, who is not yet called Sarah, but her name will be called Sarah. You shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah, the mother of nations, shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Now, let's go back to when, when God first called Abraham. If you think that took him by surprise, what do you think is happening right now? Now, here's your wife. She's beyond childbearing age. She's old, but she's going to have a baby. What would your response be? Like, if, if, like, if that came to me at night, I, I think I would go, I, I think I'd be on the no side. <laughs> no, no, Lord. What, what would you do? So here, the Bible says what Abraham did. He says, Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, um, shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And God said, no, Sarah, your wife, will, will bear a son, and you'll call him Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring. And so in Genesis chapter 21, as we kind of move through the book, what happens? The Lord, the Lord visited Sarah as he had and said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised, and Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. So God kept his promise. Abraham said yes. Sarah said yes. God kept his promise, the promised seed that would become a multitude in nations. But Abraham would be challenged 
again. If you're a Bible reader, you, you may know this story. Abraham is called to sacrifice your son. We're going to delve into this story a little bit more deeply next week because there is so much here. But the Bible says that God tested Abraham. Now, just think about it for a second. Abraham says yes. Sarah says yes. Here's your son Isaac. Now, I'm going to test you, Abraham. And so God says, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am, Lord. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I would tell you. Now, do you think, do you just possibly think that for just a moment, Abraham said, are you kidding me? Do you think, is, do you think that? Because I do. I go like, wait a minute, God, you, you called me. I said yes here. So I left my country. I left my home. I left my security. And then, and then you gave us a son, like when that should have happened and nobody would think it would happen. But, you know, we said yes, and so we did that. And now over here, you're, you're just calling me to sacrifice my son? And you want me to say yes to that? Can you just think about that for a moment? <laughs> I want you to offer him. Abraham says yes. Now we go to Hebrews and read again where the author of Hebrews says, well, Abraham knew that if God killed him, he, he, would, he could raise him from the dead. He had that confidence. But here's Abraham, I just, I just want to, tr would you just put yourself in this story for just a moment? <laughs> he, he, cuts, he cuts wood. He places it on Isaac's back. They go up to worship on this mountain, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they, both, uh, so they went both of them together, Isaac carrying the wood. We'll talk more about that next week. Isaac says to his father, his father Abraham, my father, and here I am, my son, and he said, behold, the fire and the, and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Yes, Lord. <laughs> Abraham says, hey, God, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So they, they went both of them together. And they get to the place that God had told them, and Abraham built the altar and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar. Yes, Lord. I think I, I think I could honestly say I, I don't understand I, I, why, why God, why, why, why that, why that? But it was a yes, Lord. And just at the moment that Abraham reaches out with his knife to take the life of his son and offer him on this altar, what happens? The angel of the Lord called to him and said, Abraham, Abraham, and Abraham says, here I am, don't touch the boy or do anything to him. From now, I know that you fear God, seeing that you not even withheld your son. And of course, a sacrifice, a lamb was provided. Now, we often think about Abraham, right, in this story, and rightfully so. But I'm thinking about Isaac. 
I'm thinking Isaac ain't gonna take any more trips with his dad any longer, you know, after that event right there. (laughs) We're gonna talk more about that story because there is so much there that we need to dive in deeper next week. It's a type or a foreshadowing of what God the Father would do by offering his only son. But Abraham was was a yes guy. Was he perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. But he was a man of faith and a man of obedience. A man who was willing to say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Here's the key. Abraham's life teaches us what an active relationship with God looks like. That's you and that's me. This is what it looks like to walk by faith. This is what looks like an active relationship with God. We talked about walking in obedience. It's you and me saying, yes, Lord, yes. So I have a question for you today. Where is God calling you to a yes? Where is he calling you to a yes? There are a lot of people in the world today who have said yes, and it meant that they would be called away from their home, away from their country, off onto a foreign field. They said yes. And because they said yes, people are coming to faith. But it's not just for the person that God calls to go to a foreign field. That's for you and me every day. Where is he calling you to a yes? Is it your neighbor? I want you to talk to your neighbor. Um, But Lord, you don't know my neighbor. Well, he, and he actually does know your neighbor and he knows my, but I'm just calling you to a yes. I'm calling you to a yes to follow me in this way. And for some of us, maybe we've been teetering between yes and no, right? Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. So I just wanna ask you this question. Where is he calling you to a yes? What, where does, where does he want to use you to serve him? Might be something small, might be something big, I don't know. But here's what I do know. He calls every one of us to follow him in all of life, to be yes people. Can you just imagine if all of us together, in person, online, if we just said, yes, Lord, whatever you call us to, and we will walk in faith, trusting you. Are you thankful that Abraham did? I am, because we're here today. I'm going to pray. And would you just consider that question for just a moment? Would you consider saying yes to him? For some of you, it means you're going to make a brand new commitment to Jesus. Like you've held off. But today is your yes day. For some of you, something's in your head right now. Like I know God's called me to do that. Whatever, it's going to look different for all of us. But yeah, I'm going to say yes, Lord. And I want to trust you. Can we pray? So Father, I'm so thankful um, for for the incredible love that you have for each and every one of us. And when we said yes to you, regardless of, of our journey, regardless of maybe how bad we had been or the sins or however we would describe our past life. When we said yes to you, God, you gave us a brand new life.
and we started this journey. But I, I've discovered that life is made up of a whole bunch of yeses. Through life, Lord, you, you call us to walk obediently to you saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. So as we all pause and just kind of consider that for just a moment, what's Jesus saying to you? It might be job related. It might be career related. related. Maybe you, you become really secure, really set, but God's trying to do something. He wants to use you. Yes, Lord. Maybe it is talking to your neighbor. Maybe it is talking to your coworker. Whatever it looks like, Jesus, would you just speak to us today? And I do pray that we become yes, Lord, people, and that you use each and every one of us for your kingdom's sake. I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Oh, 